We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor here at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. Welcome into our Wednesday edition. We're going to preview a, uh, a, a good slate of Week 9 games on Saturday, and we will review our confidence contest. It's going to be a fun show. we got some trivia. It's really fun because I'm now in first place in the confidence contest, but we'll, we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be extra fun on this side of the podcast because I am finally ahead of Bill Bender. So um, we will preview the biggest games of the week uh, going through the, the, the viewing windows of uh, the biggest games of the, the noon window and then the afternoon window and then the evening window and then uh, We'll get into some picks. So, uh, Bill, before we dive in, like what 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 game grabs you uh, on this slate? Well, before the season started, it was I had it circled for the two Big Ten games, mm-hmm. uh, Penn mm-hmm. State and Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State. Now, to be honest with you, though, though, if, if you, I always get asked that question. If you could only watch one game, who would you watch? It, it would be Kentucky, Tennessee. OK, um, because I, I want to see if Kentucky can slow them down a little bit um, and, and, you know, the quarterback matchup is intriguing. There's a lot, they played a 45, 42 game last year. So mm-hmm. I'm very interested in that one. Um, but yeah, that's, and, a, that's and a fun I, series for sure. Ahead of Georgia, Florida, always, always, obviously too, that that's an interesting development that that game might be the centerpiece game this week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now 
and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, well, let's kick it off with the the Saturday noon window. Uh, The best game uh, in that time slot, number two, Ohio State, at number 13, Penn State. Big noon kickoff on Fox. Uh, Ohio State is a 16-and-a-half point favorite. This has been a pretty good series. Penn State has covered the spread in five of the last six games in this series. They always seem to play the Buckeyes closer than you would think. Uh, They've only won one of those six games, uh, but they got a couple of one-point losses in there, and and they usually just kind of hang around, even like last year. Ohio State led 27-24 entering the fourth quarter, even though they were an 18-point favorite. They were supposed to win by almost three touchdowns. Penn State was right there in the fourth quarter again. Eventually, uh, Ohio State won 33-24. Penn State bounced back from that um, that loss to Michigan against Minnesota with a very impressive 45-17 win. Um, right now, Penn State, they're still looking up at the Big Two in the Big Ten. Uh, can, can, they, can they make any progress in, in getting into the, the Big Two uh, exclusive club as it is now with Ohio State and Michigan? No, they have to win the game to do that. I mean, you know, 10 straight losses against top 10 opponents. Um, Franklin's in the news today because Jim Harbaugh clapped back, clapped back to him about the tunnel thing. And Harbaugh's right. I mean, dude, <laughs> you just opened yourself up for that one. Um, and Harbaugh, he's, that's how we know he's back because he's, he's not afraid to talk back a little bit. And he's done that. Um, Re- reports of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches being thrown in the tunnel. I mean, come on. What is going on in the Big Ten, Bill? <laughs> well, just don't, you know, just go in. The, they're not going to change that Michigan tunnel, so go in when you're supposed to go in. Um, Ohio State has a chance to flex here. I, the other thing I've been listening to for the last 48 hours is there are actually Ohio State fans that are upset that they won 54-10. to 10. They're upset that they didn't run the ball well enough against Iowa and that, you know, the first half was slow. So I'm thinking Ohio State offers a complete – performance here and you know kind of puts their foot down and it is a good challenge because Penn State's actually this debate's been going on the last two weeks Penn State's actually designed to give Ohio State a challenge not Michigan because they're secondary and um, it'll be interesting to see if they hold up at home if it were a whiteout I might feel differently but I don't think Sean Clifford can consistently beat an improved Ohio State defense especially on the back seven I think the Buckeyes flex just in time for those rankings. And here's something else I'm going to write for Sporting News is that I think they're going to be number one in the first college football playoff rankings because mm. of this game. I think that it'll be that like prisoner of the moment thing where they destroy Penn State and then the committee's like, oh, yeah, that's the best team on both sides of the ball. Of course, Michigan could say, hey, we destroyed Penn State too. Mm-hmm. What about us? <laughs> Right. This is true. But I mean, it's the way you do it and, and on the road. Um, yeah. I, but, you know, like you said, I mean, that's that stat. The five to six covers the last three, even though Ohio State was much better team. They were only 
decided by an average 11 points per game. It's not like Penn State can't go in and compete in this game. And I was at the two that they lost by one point. And those are two games that Penn State absolutely should have won in this series, and they didn't. And that was, I think, one of them afterwards, Franklin expressed his frustration. Yeah, he went, yes, he, we were, I was in that press conference that mm-hmm. he lost, you know, he went off. And, and you know, that, that was, but Ryan Day's got a handle on this. I think Ohio State, the noon window, it, it's funny that we say that in Big Ten country. The, the noon window at Penn State is different than the primetime window because you saw what Min- Minnesota was dealing with last week. That's not easy. No, and they didn't handle it. Yeah. Uh, honorable mention for the noon window, Notre Dame at number 16, Syracuse. That's the ABC game at noon. Syracuse is a three-point favorite. Uh, I think Syracuse's defense is going to give an inconsistent Notre Dame offense some problems. Uh, they held Clemson in check for most of the game uh, and scored a touchdown themselves on a scooping score. So their, their defense is legit. Uh, they're number six in the nation in scoring, only allowing 15.1 points per game, and no one's reached 30 on them this year. So Notre Dame's going to have its hands full. It, it beat UNLV 44-21. Offense took advantage of several short fields in that game and, and looked uneven again. Drew Pine only completed 50% of his passes. Um, I'm thinking bet the under in this one. Right. It, it could be close, could be low scoring, and should be a good game uh, late. So you can you can plan on tuning in late, and it should be close up in Syracuse. How do you see this one playing out? I think well, they better cover Michael Mayer. Um, and I'm wondering how Syracuse comes out after a deflating loss. I mean, that was an all-in moment for them against Clemson. Um, I like Notre Dame, honestly, if they can handle that. I think they have better players. And, you know, they're going to have to deal with that scheme. And I think if Drew Pine can complete around 60% of his passes, which hasn't happened the last couple weeks, that the Irish can go in there and win that game. And this is one they need for, you know, it's a ranked opponent. So it's not going to – if Marcus Freeman beats Syracuse, it's not going to, like, be the lead item on college football final. But this is a game they have to have to build up for those other games that they have against Clemson, USC, get to a bowl game. I kind of like the Irish because I'm wondering how Syracuse comes out after a physical game against Clemson last week where they gave up a lot of rushing yards, got beat at the point of attack, and benefited from a lot of turnovers. So if Notre Dame plays clean, and that's not always a given, I think they can get out of this game with a win. Hmm. Interesting. I think you know Syracuse 5-0 and at home, mm-hmm. so that's that's a factor. And I thought they gave – they did. They gave Clemson all they wanted last week. Mm-hmm. So I, I was I was not a believer in Syracuse for a while. I liked what I saw when I was researching that preview for the Clemson-Syracuse game and then in the run-up to that, and they didn't do anything to dispel my, my newfound respect for them against Clemson. So that was impressive. Saturday afternoon, key up the SEC music on, on uh, CBS Florida against number one Georgia in – Jacksonville, neutral site game. Both teams coming off an off week. Georgia beat Florida 34-7 last year, even though the, the box score looks a little weird. The total yards were 355 to 354 last year and during Georgia's national championship season, and the turnovers were 3-3. But uh, Georgia pulled away. N'Kobe Dean had a 50-yard interception return right before halftime that kind of stretched it out, and Georgia never let Florida back in the game. Georgia's defense, you know, 
had that way about them of, of suffocating teams uh, once they got a lead last year. So emotions usually overflow in this game. Uh, it's typically sloppies. There's penalties. There's turnovers because the, I don't know what it is, but this Georgia-Florida game, I mean, college football has rivalries all over the country. When these two get together, it just it seems to just bubble over when you watch these games. It's crazy. Yeah, um, it's it's bizarre. It's a bizarre series, like you said. And Georgia won handily last year, but it it ballooned from the emotion of the game. So it's it's who controls those. And a couple trends here that are very interesting to me, Bill, is one, Florida 2-0 and is an underdog against the spread. I mean, they covered against Tennessee. They made that a game for three Back quarters. Backdoor. Backdoor cover. But they were – it was close at half. They just – Tennessee, they couldn't stop them in the second half. Tennessee, right. Hendon, that was a great Hendon Hooker performance. Um, and, you know, they, they, they've they done that. And then Georgia, when the line's over 20, which I always get antsy about, they're, they're 3-0 when the line's over 20 against the spread. So they can handle that, they, they, the giant spread. So I don't know what to think is going to – what's going to happen. I, I know Georgia's going to win the game, but, you know. Yeah, I, I, didn't, mean, I didn't mention the, f- the spread's 22 and a half. That's for high this. for yeah. a rivalry game like this. And I always get, because you got to wonder, Florida coming off a of bye week, you know, are they going to have some wrinkles with Richardson? What are they going to do to try to slow Georgia down? Stetson Bennett's had a couple games where it's like, that's not great. Um, so, you know, if Florida can take advantage of that. Maybe it gets a little weird, but that's hard to pick against Georgia here. Yeah. Yes, Florida backdoor covered Tennessee. They backdoor covered LSU too. They were down. That's 40, the other one. Right. Forty-two twenty-one, and then they uh, got two fourth-quarter touchdowns that put them within within you know shouting distance. But um, they did not pull it out. And uh, we talked about LSU yesterday. Uh, that was another pretty good win for LSU. So yeah, so they got Anthony Richardson. Can he keep it close? We'll see. And. Yeah, I just I always just remember these you know those fifteen yard penalties and it's, these guys just they go crazy when they play each other. It's 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 an odd it's an odd thing because Georgia has huge games against big teams and they don't lose their composure. But for whatever reason, this this brings out the the worst in the in the discipline on both teams usually. So anyway, uh, honorable mention for the afternoon number nine Oklahoma State. At number 22, Kansas State will go into the Big 12. This is a 3.30 Fox game. Kansas State, just a one-point favorite in this one. Another Big 12 toss-up. It would be a fun game. It's been a really fun and unpredictable conference season for the Big 12. It's been great. Um, you know, Oklahoma State has been on the losing end and the winning end of double-digit comebacks the last two weeks. They they blew a lead against TCU. They had a comeback against Texas. Um Cowboys certainly have an eye on a, on a Big 12 title spot uh, if they can get there. Kansas State, they were up 28-10 on TCU, even without Adrian Martinez. He went, he went out in the first series of the game. Uh, he's been playing great for Kansas State, a quarterback. They haven't really been forthcoming. I haven't seen anything forthcoming about what his injury was, what his prospects are of playing this week. So, I'm not even sure how you can have a point spread without him. But, you know, Will Howard came off the bench and played great uh, for a while, right? And then the second half, two interceptions. They didn't score. He looked like a backup quarterback. So if Adrian Martinez plays, that's going to be one of the keys to this game. Right. And, you know, the the Cowboys, this line bounced around. They opened as an underdog. I don't know if they'll be an underdog at kickoff, but 
six and oh is against the spread as an underdog the last two years. And oh, I don't wow. under I didn't understand why they were an underdog last week. Um against Texas. Yeah. They were at home. And this one that then they're four and two straight up in those games. So I don't know. I think maybe the betters have a hard time accepting that this is a good football team with Spencer Sanders, who averages 340.3 yards of offense, probably should be in the Heisman discussion, honestly, if you really watch him play. He if we were doing a separate most valuable player discussion, he's top three because he, he makes that entire offense go. And, uh, you know, like the Kansas State, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback because they were so, you know, Brando on the telecast was saying they, they didn't tell him anything. They're just, oh, he's out. Oh, right. great. That, that makes for lovely TV for them. I mean, you got to feel for the TV guys there. Um, but I think Oklahoma State just keeps it rolling. And, you know, what I've seen out of a very weird Big 12 is Oklahoma State and TCU are the surest things. And, they, and maybe we get a rematch at the end of the road of that double. In Dallas, which road. would be a great matchup. That would be great. Oh, it'd be fantastic for the conference if they can get those two there with one loss or less, both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Caesars still has Kansas State as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and we still don't know what the quarterback situation is. So. And Oklahoma State's won the last three. So I, that's one of those lines that I'm like, I, they're probably right, but I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Right. Saturday evening, the SEC game that you mentioned, uh, number 19, Kentucky at number three, Tennessee, seven o'clock on ESPN, Tennessee, a 12 and a half point favorite. Uh, you, you touched on it. Fun quarterback battle in this one. Levis gets a lot of hype, possible first round pick. For Kentucky, he's a second-rated passer in the SEC behind Hendon Hooker, who will be on the other sideline for Tennessee. So we got the, the SEC's top two passers, in, as far as rating goes, hooking up on Saturday night uh, in in Knoxville. Uh, Hooker, of course, he's put himself in the Heisman conversation, right, with that amazing performance and win over Alabama. Uh, he's certainly another big stage for him. You know, Tennessee's coming off a glorified scrimmage of, against UT Martin. Kind of, if they had to play with a hangover from Alabama, they they did so and had no problem with it. Uh, they they have to get their minds back in the SEC mentality this week. Kentucky's five and one with with Levis at quarterback, and then yeah, you you mentioned last year's forty five forty two game. Tennessee won. Hooker threw four touchdowns. Levis threw three. This is going to be a fun one. Oh, for sure. And the number to watch is 140 rushing yards. The, the Tennessee has only allowed that twice, and that was against Pitt and Florida. And Florida made it interesting, and Pitt made it interesting. So I think Kentucky's going to try to make it interesting with Rodriguez, if they and they can reach that number, and they can slow the game down, and their defense is top 10. Um, I think they can hang. I don't think they can win in Neyland, but – I mean, this is one of those it, – it's just one of those, like – and I like defense as much as anybody, but in this game, you, you pick the offense, right? You pick Jalen Hyatt, who's on a r- ridiculous three-week tear. You pick an offense that, that is functioning at a high level that – that I don't think Tennessee is going to peek ahead to Georgia because they can't, because Kentucky's too good. Mm. Good offense beats good, good, good defense. That's – that's the way it is in college football nowadays. Right. Honorable mention for Saturday night. We got two games that are pretty good. Michigan State at number four, Michigan, 730 on ABC. 
Michigan's a 22-point favorite. Normally, we don't talk about 20-point spreads too often. But, uh, yeah, the brotherly love game, right? You know this rivalry inside now. The, uh, the last 10 meetings, Michigan State has been favored eight times. So this is – we're swinging back to the, the pendulum, swinging back to Michigan right now. Michigan, 22-point favorite, hasn't been that one-sided in Michigan's favor for a long, long time. Uh, the two times Michigan was a favorite in that, in that 10-year span – they won the game, uh, and you certainly think they're going to uh, have the upper hand in this one. Uh, they look great, dominating Penn State, and that that you know running all over them, forty-one seventeen. Michigan State has been one of the top five disappointments in the nation that we talked about yesterday. They showed a little signs of life with the double overtime win over Wisconsin in their last game, but prior to that, they were on a four-game losing streak. They lost by an average of 20 points a game, all four of those games. Is is there anything out there that says this is, this is going to be a game in the fourth quarter? Oh, absolutely. I, this spread's ridiculous. I, I, think it, I think it's ridiculous because of the rivalry that this is. Because I, of the history. Okay, okay. I think Ohio State-Michigan is the best national rivalry the Big Ten has to offer. Mm-hmm. Michigan-Michigan State, they hate each other more. Like you, you can't. I've been to these games. I, I, I just, it's, it's, it's a, bro, it's literally the little brother relationship. And since that game, Michigan State's ten and four, so they're not. And they're two and zero oh under Mel Tucker. They're not going to be afraid. They're going to run their sets. They're going to have to generate a running game. Um, I think they're going to hang around for. Do you? Yeah, I because I. I was like, I always tell like my, one of my best press box stories is I was there when they had the punt fumble, which has become kind of the defining moment of this rivalry in the last 20 years. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually my former editor, Ken Bradley, I filed my story before that play. And then (laughs) as soon as it happened, I was kind of sitting there. I was like, well, just delete that email and we're starting over because it was the, you literally heard, I always tell the story. Like you literally heard a hundred thousand people take that like <gasps> at the same time and i was like what just happened and then you watch the replay you go back to the tunnel you see all the michigan fans um just like staring at their phone in disbelief it was you could hear a pin drop outside the big house it it, it is the most surreal thing i've ever covered that the that michigan moment. state guy who ran who picked up the fumble and ran it in for a touchdown broke his arm in the celebration didn't he broke his hip hip Jalen watch jackson yeah and it was uh <laughs> it was literally that's why I think this is a game because Michigan State, no matter what, with the exception of a couple years ago when I think it was 2019, Michigan destroyed Michigan State at the big house. And that's what this spread kind of hints at is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been close. They, they've been uncomfortable. And it's just the emotion around that stadium because it's that whoever the little or the big brother is, I don't care. They, they just won't beat each other so badly in this game. And um, I think the Spartans will hang around coming off a bye week, but you know, Michigan it's they're playing with a ton of confidence uh, around McCarthy. That's the difference too, is this is probably the best quarterback Michigan's had in this game since Chad Henney. Right. And you talk about confidence. They have so much confidence because they know they can run the ball and they have a great quarterback that they haven't necessarily had to lean on. Mm-hmm. But if they do have to lean on them, I think they feel good about it. They were up by two scores last year, though, and it was this game's over. Now, Michigan State doesn't have Kenneth Walker, but 
it's four quarter game and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that just that was the one spread and we'll, we'll get into it when we do our picks that just like when i saw it this week i was like 22 are you like are you kidding me i was more stunned by that than georgia being a 22 point favorite against florida mm-hmm. final game to keep an eye on Saturday night, number 15, Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Another one of our big disappointments that we talked about yesterday. That's a 7:30 game on SEC Network. Ole Miss, only a two-and-a-half-point favorite at A&M, even though Ole Miss only has one loss. The Aggies have four losses. Um, this game's interesting, you know, because every Texas A&M game seems to be interesting <laughs> because right. we get a referendum on what is going on with Jimbo Fisher. Um you know, the the we talked about it, like I said, yesterday, Texas A&M has one win in the SEC, and it was thanks to a crazy, crazy fumble return that included a handoff uh, from one player to the next, and then that resulted in a scoop and score, a scoop and a handoff and a score, which you, I don't think I've ever seen before. And Arkansas missed a potential game-winning field goal, hit the upright, with a minute and a half to go. That's AM's only win of the season in the SEC. So uh, Ole Miss coming off a big loss to LSU, of course. Um, but it, it seems to me this spread seems a little off. It does. Old, it, it's yeah. funky. I don't I, – this would be a stay-away game, like, for me. You know, I do the picks for us at Sporting News every week, and there's certain games that I'm like, I don't – I don't – going to let our listeners in on a secret. I don't know. Like I, I don't know what's going to happen. And don't admit that, Bill. You that know. game is, or like one that if you were actually betting, I'm like, I'm not touching this game. And this is one of them because I don't know. I mean, in theory, I picked Ole Miss because it's the same theory I had last week. That running game should be able to take over. Their defense gets after it. Um, Texas A&M's not consistent enough on offense. Their quarterback play we talked about yesterday: six touchdowns, nine interceptions for the season. That's that's not going to win at the sixth grade football level that I'm helping with. Um, <laughs> it, you know, I can trust me. It doesn't. Um, but um, I like Ole Miss to bounce back. I, we, and we talked on yesterday's podcast a lot about Jimbo and what this means. And I'm just going to reiterate the same thing is an offensive overhaul is probably going to have to happen. He's not going to get fired. I don't think a rational person can justify an 86 million dollar buyout but college football is not a rational sport with rational people that are behind <laughs> the scenes um because it's all about the dub um i think the aggies fall to three and five now you look at their schedule they, they still should get to a bowl game but it's not going to be easy because they got to play lsu too right yeah they've got their hands full they play uh, umass in there somewhere and then they've got two that they should win that would get them to six. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't take it for granted. Oh, they play Auburn. That'll be a fun. Oh, I wonder what the storylines will be the Auburn week. Yeah. <laughs> the SEC West, always fun. Uh, all right. Well, that's our viewing window preview. Now let's move on to our confidence contest. Bill and I pick four games against the spread every week. And we assign values like a bowl confidence pool, four points for our most confident pick, three points, two points, one point. And the breaking news is that Trochi has taken the lead <laughs> for the first time, uh, dug out of a huge hole. This was a TCU-style comeback right here. Uh, I went three and one last week, picked up nine points. I hit Duke, I hit Bama, and I hit Penn State. 
at four, three, and two. Uh, you went one and three, but you hit your four pointer, uh, which was Penn State. We both felt good about that one, and they 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 backed us with a nice performance against Minnesota. Season standings: Trochi thirty-seven, Bender thirty-five. It's tight. It's tight as we head into Week Nine, Bill. Before hey, I, we make this, go you got you want go to comment ahead, no, no, on no, last week? I got a request <laughs> after trivia. I do have a request after trivia. After trivia. All right, here's a question. Mullet, while you're making your picks, and then at the end of the show, we'll, we'll bring back the answer. By the way, I'm coming to you live from St. Augustine, Florida, which is just down the road from Jacksonville, Florida, where the Florida-Georgia game will be. So we're going to have a little Florida-Georgia taste to the trivia here. The last six winners of the Florida-Georgia game have gone on to win the SEC East. Can you name the team, the last team besides Florida or Georgia, to win the SEC East? Mull that one. I think you'll know it, but that's that's the trivia question. Now let's move on to our picks. No thinking too much, Bill. Don't, right. don't, don't. I think I got it. Uh, so I won last week, so I will go first with the uh, four points. I'll make my four-point pick. You make your four-point pick. And we'll go down the line from there. Give me the spread. Give me where the game is. And uh, kicking us off, my four-pointer, Oklahoma, minus one and a half at Iowa State. Dylan Gabriel looked terrific in his return to action two weeks ago against Kansas and had the OU offense humming again. Good offense beats good defense. I keep saying that. Sooner's defense has obviously struggled, but this Iowa State offense is not equipped to take advantage of that. They're ranked 103rd in scoring. They only are averaging 22.9 points a game. Cyclones cannot keep up with this Oklahoma offense with Dylan Gabriel healthy. Give me the Sooners as my four-pointer. I'm staying in the Big 12 as well. TCU is a minus seven at West Virginia. Um, I'm going to go with the Horn Frogs in that one because I think the offense is too much. West Virginia has been very up and down under Neil Brown. There's another coach that's hot seat or not, I get mm-hmm. that they're going up to Morgantown and that can be tough sometimes. But if you look at, did you pick that game last week? West Virginia, Texas tech. They, they I did. And yeah. I was wrong. That was the one I missed. Yeah. So it, it, I, I the Mountaineers aren't very good. And I think TCU is going to be able to exploit that and, and go uh, in there and, and win by at least double digits and keep their, again, with the playoff rankings coming, these teams, this is the week where they're style kind of style points. The style points are this week. Next week is when they start to press. So this is style points week. And I'm going to, mm-hmm. you'll see a theme in my picks because I like TCU to, to cover that seven. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm going to make my request when we're done. Okay. So I have a request when we're done with our four picks. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Three-pointer for me. Three-pointer. Virginia, plus two at home against Miami. Miami is a road favorite, Bill Bender. <laughs> a road favorite? What is going on? It's you, criminal. You they found not, something you we, like. You got to take the calves here. I don't know. You know, Virginia's nothing great, but holy mackerel. What on earth has Miami done to be a road favorite in an ACC game? They just had eight turnovers against Duke at home, the most by a Power 5 team since 2008. Tyler Van Dyke is hurt. They're starting quarterback. The season is just an absolute mess. I mean, Virginia's, they're not necessarily great, uh, but this is a bet against Miami, and that mm-hmm. won me some points last week, so I'm going to pick against Miami again. Yeah, and you found a team you like, and and that's what some betters do, right? So I have two for my three. Wake Forest plays Louisville. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and I think Wake Forest is a very good football team. I think they're mm-hmm. deserving of the top-10 ranking. They were a top-10 team. You know, we talked about this on the podcast yesterday. Here's a top 10 team that was ranked pretty high in the preseason that's delivered. You know, a double overtime loss away from Clemson from being undefeated. Mm-hmm. Building off last year, loved the offense. I know Louisville won last week, but five and a half is a one touchdown game. And I think Wake Forest with Sam Hartman, that offense continues to operate at a high level. I think they're going to go to a New Year's Day six bowl if they keep this up. And uh, so I'm taking Wake, uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacons. And I've picked them a couple times on here. They've been good to me. Yeah, yeah. People are slow to embrace them. They had a lot of talent coming back from last year's team. Last year's team made ACC championship game. So, yeah, they're a, a, a team that we projected to be pretty good, and they've definitely delivered, like you said. Two-pointer for me. I'm going against what you were talking about earlier. Syracuse minus three against Notre Dame. I'm taking the orange. Like I said, I think the Syracuse defense is going to have its way with Notre Dame. They look great against Clemson. The only reason Syracuse did not win that game is because its offense played really scared in the second half. And they were trying to run out the clock. They did not – Schrader, Garrett Schrader, their quarterback, he was playing with confidence in that first half. And then it was like, oh, my God, we're winning. What do we do? Just don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. They played scared. Clemson got back in the game. That's not going to happen this time. They're going to be at home. They're 5-0 at home. Notre Dame has quarterback issues, of course. Drew Pine, 50% completion percentage against UNLV. That's not going to cut it against the – a much more difficult defense this week. Of course, they got wide receiver issues too. And, uh, you know, this is not the defense that Notre Dame's offense is going to get well against. I think Cuse covers at home. That's they're five, five and oh, with an asterisk with a Purdue collapse. But, and Virginia was an ugly win. Yes, too. They, so, they've had a couple of ugly ones, but, but they are I, five and oh. I, you know, in our picks at Sporting News, I did take Notre Dame to to win. That's one of my upsets for the week. And it's okay. upset in quotes because it's not, if Notre Dame wins, they're not going to be like, oh, they, they upset Syracuse. You know, that's not going to be the headline. <laughs> um, so my two pointer, and we talked about it earlier, I'm going with the Spartans uh, plus 23 at, at the big house. That's just being around that rivalry my whole life. There's no way that uh, I, I think they'll come in inspired and at least make it a game for a half. Um, it's not to say if Michigan can run this up, believe me, they will. Um, there, There's certain 
moments in this rivalry, especially in the last 25 years, where when D'Antonio could run it up on Brady Hoke, he did. When Lloyd Carr could run it up on Bobby Williams, he did. So they these aren't the two type of schools that are going to feel sorry for each other. I'm wondering what the viral moment will be. We've seen Devin Bush scuff the, you know, there'll be something like that Saturday. Um, <laughs> and it's fun. It, it is literally outside of maybe an in-state rivalry. The only one that's probably better is Alabama-Auburn and it and maybe Clemson, South Carolina. In-state rivalries, this one's right there with everybody. But I like the Spartans. I'm going to take the 23, even if it's a backdoor late, um, even if it's a punt fumble, even if it's something weird, <laughs> I like the Spartans to cover. All right. My one-pointer, I'm going to give 23. You're taking 23. I'm giving 23. I like it. Florida State is giving 23. No, I'm going not oh. with Michigan, Michigan State. Florida State minus 23 at home against Georgia Tech. I went to the Georgia Tech-Virginia game last week. Uh, Jeff uh, Sims, great quarterback for Georgia Tech, really like him. He got hurt, and he's questionable for this week. Backup quarterback, Zach Gibson, not ready. Not ready for the ACC. He was 10 for 25 off the bench, and Georgia Tech's offense just looked lost without Sims. Um, you know, Florida State, they've had three tough losses in a row. I think they're looking to take out their frustrations. They're ready to explode. And, you know, from what I've seen, uh, you know, Georgia Tech, they showed some life under Brent Key the first couple of games. I think that might have worn off a little bit. And uh, I, I like Florida State in a blowout in this one. One point, FSU, minus 23. And, I, and I'm going for my one-pointer. We said Ohio State's playing Penn State. The spread's 15. And I'm taking the Buckeyes. I, and I don't like it necessarily. But, again, I, I think – Penn State covers this game all the time. They do, and that's why I'm going being frustrated, like not a just being stubborn. That I'm like, I really think Ohio State can go in there and beat them by three touchdowns, and and kind of do to Penn State essentially what they did to Michigan State. I think they're capable of doing that. And um, again, it's the committee style point flex. I think Georgia's going to flex this week. I think Alabama's off, but you know teams that can flex and show the committee what they're about are going to do that this week. And um, I like the Buckeyes to cut at 15. But you know what I could totally see happening, Bill, is that they jump out to like a 17 nothing lead, and then they kind of cruise from there and Penn State covers. So this one makes me antsy being 15, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm taking the Buckeyes uh, 15. And um, here's my request. It's, it's a good one. So okay. I was wondering if we could do a one-point bonus each and – on <laughs> uh, Iowa plays Northwestern this week. Oh boy. And the over under is 37 and a half. So Ooh. I'm requesting that we do a one point each. Will that game score 37 and a half points? What if we both agree? Uh, well then yeah. Do we, I would say no, I would go under. I'm going to go over. You're going so over. Let's, let's go for a point. All right. Bonus. Go... I'm yeah. going under Iowa Northwestern. You're going over. I'm giving you a point essentially. So, like, this is me, like, because I seven and a half. Because we I would, <laughs> would be inclined to give you. I would be inclined to take the under, but I'm challenging myself to say this game gets over 37 and a half points. You're gonna force yourself to click over to this game just because of this one point. It opened at like 32, and <laughs> Iowa's got a pretty legendarily bad offense right now, um, which was. 
on display for better or worse, mostly worse at Ohio Stadium this weekend. So I'm going to give basically give you a free point and say, why not? Maybe that one gets up to like, I got to get to 21 and 17. That's not, well, we'll hope for some defensive scores. Right, exactly. Which, so I'm, I'm going to take the over for a bonus point. I think Iowa has at least three defensive touchdowns this year. So um, you know what? not, I, not I, out I, of the possibility I, there. I and two a, safeties. Yeah, I talked to a buddy this weekend. So one of my good friends, Leif, he, he played linebacker. I played high school football with him. And he is a high state fan. And he was telling me he was so impressed with Iowa's linebackers. Because one, he goes, it says something about, you when you know you're going to get beat and they were still out there crushing he they have some great linebackers uh, jack campbell's phenomenal but captain jack they're another team offensive overhaul in the offseason needs to happen so uh if it doesn't you're going to watch more of that which no college football fan should be forced to watch i mean you couldn't even script that the, the people just why won't they Use the backup quarterback. Why won't they use the backup quarterback? And he finally put him in, and he fumbles, fumbles the first the play of the game. Yep. That's just that's just you know it is what it is. But that's a that's I thought that was a good little one point request. It is. How, it is. And our uh, NFL writer Vinny Iyer, a Northwestern grad, oh. and um, you know, so I, I, I he'll did have his eye on that one. Absolutely. All right. All so, right. Back to the trivia question. Gotcha. Oh, actually, let's review the picks first. My four pointer is Oklahoma. Minus one and a half. I've got Virginia plus two against Miami. I got Syracuse minus three against Notre Dame and Florida State minus 23 at home against Georgia Tech. Your four pointer TCU going to Morgantown. Wake Forest minus five and a half against who was it? Louisville. Louisville. That's right. Yep. Coming off a win. And then Michigan State plus 23 at the big house. And a one pointer Ohio State minus 15. At Penn State. Uh, and a bonus one point. And Iowa the one point bonus point. 37 yes. and a half over under Northwestern Iowa. Everyone's going to be watching for that I'm one. I'm very too. pleased with that, that that got through the the red. We cut the red tape and got that one through. I'm That's very right. pleased. Um, okay. So I, the winner of the last, it's, I don't know if I said six, the winner of the last seven mm-hmm. Georgia Florida games has gone on to win the SEC East. Who is the last team besides Georgia or Florida to win the SEC East? It's Missouri, mm-hmm. right? And they've done it twice. Mm-hmm. And and it's because we work at Sporting News with a bunch of Missouri grads. Um, <laughs> at the time, I, I sit next, our, our fantasy guy at Sporting News, Matt Latovsky, he's one of the best. Um, he's a Missouri grad. I remember when I came to Sporting News, Missouri had this like golden age of football for like seven years. And I'm like, he was educating me. I'm like, I don't care about these guys they've never done anything in my life like i just remember andy katzenmoyer blasting your quarterback in the 90s um but they they've had a who so to see how was that against alabama and they got lit up i think it was missouri they played auburn auburn at the last bcs championship game and they got lit up. <laughs> so they, they've been lit up in that game a few times because I, it's just by process of elimination bill. So is this true that South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky have never been to the sec championship? Oh, South Carolina has South Kentucky Carolina and Vanderbilt, Kentucky and Vanderbilt have never been there. And Correct. Tennessee, it's been, it's been a long time. It's been a while. So that was the easiest way to do that question. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be, Tennessee this year but if they're going to do that they got to win this week 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that'll do it for our week nine preview. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the uh, CFP Nation All America podcast. We will be joining you next week again on Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday, we'll review what happened uh, over the weekend, and then we will look forward to Wednesday. All good. We'll see how much further ahead I am in the contest, uh, the confidence contest <laughs> after this weekend, as I will keep pulling away from Bill Bender as the season progresses. Uh, thanks again, for everybody, for listening to the All America, the CFB Nation All America podcast. <laughs>